empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. How interesting is it that we are all living in a moment that has really served as sort of the great equalizer. All at the same time, everyone is living under circumstances that are affecting the world from quarantines to job changes to parents having to homeschool children and navigate all kinds of brand new situations. It's brought with it a lot of pressure for a lot of people. I felt like this was a right on time moment to share a message with you that I had ministered called Courage Under Fire, Grace Under Pressure. And throughout the course of this message, you're gonna discover some keys found in the word of God that remind us and really open our eyes maybe to see for the first time That courage isn't something externally we're trying to wrap our head around. Courage is something that for the Christ follower resides on the inside of us. But it sort of has a pressure valve attached to it. There's something that we have to do to access it. So if you've been living in a moment where you've been balancing between calm and anxiety, pressure and taking a deep breath, maybe you feel like you are under fire coming from every side. This moment is what you need for right now. I want to just encourage you to sit back and let the word of God, the principles found in his word, wash over your heart as it does, let that pressure that you have been feeling just begin to dissipate. This is what God promised in his word, isn't it? He said that he would send forth his word ahead of time. I want to remind you that although these circumstances are new to us, even new to our whole generation, it's not new to heaven. And he sent provisions ahead of time. I believe this word is going to unlock that for you. And at the end of the message, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm going to share with you what God is doing, even in the middle of all this on your behalf and for you. There's some things that are waiting for you on the other side of this seemingly under fire, pressure filled moment. And it's actually connected to your enlargement. I pray this message ministers to your heart. Let me take you into it right now. This is courage under fire, grace under pressure. your Bibles tonight, why don't you go ahead and open up to the book of James chapter 5. I want to talk to you tonight about being in the position of having to have courage under fire. Having courage under fire. That definition might mean something to you. It might mean nothing to you. It probably means a lot of different things to a lot of us. So just for the sake of what I feel like the Lord spoke to my heart tonight, tonight's definition of having courage under fire and what fire might represent in your life, I just want to throw at you three things. Fire can be an attack of the enemy that you know you're just coming face to face in some serious combat whether it be in your finances, in your job, in your family, or option D, all of the above. It could also be that you're under fire just because of life circumstances. Things that are out of your control. 
because of other people in your life that have made choices that aren't your choices, but now their bad choices have affected your set of circumstances. And now you're having to deal with the repercussions of that. That's being under fire. I mean, we've all been there, right? Some of us are there now. And then the third definition I just want to throw out for the sake of tonight, uh, a place of being under fire is just simply being in a place of real significant change. Where things are changing, the main pieces, what is the landscape of your life is in big transition. It's in big change. And uh, that can institute a lot of pressure. And so there can be an element there of just feeling like you're just under fire. And so many people in the body of Christ right now are in a place of change. How many of you, just raise your hands if you could say you feel like your life's in a place of change. Raise your hand. I mean, look around. It's kind of good to know you're not the only one. Things are in change and transition. A lot of that is because the body of Christ as a whole, let me tell you just from the experience, the window that I look through of traveling across the country and having the privilege to step into a lot of different churches across America, the body of Christ, I can tell you, is in change. And it's a good thing. If the Lord is the institutor and, and the director and there's an orchestration of, of his leadings going on in the change, the change is a good thing. But change in and of itself really is kind of an action and reaction scenario. And you are constantly under a kind of pressure of decision making. When you are in a place of change. And in our culture, we do not respond well to not knowing what's going on. Amen? I mean, I don't know that really humans across the board really like that place. But if, if there was a scale of humanity, Americans would be ding, ding, ding. I mean, we would be like topping out on that scale. We do not do well with, with not knowing what's going on. And then if on top of that, maybe your personality... I tread lightly, is a little given to having to know what's going on and being un in control. And not only your life being in control, but being able to easily direct everybody's life around you. Then when your life and your scenario goes into change, it really throws you into a tizzy, as my little southern mammal would say. And there's an element of feeling under the fire in that. Change in and of itself is necessary if you are going to walk out and fulfill the purpose of God for your life. But there is this place that I believe that, that we are in right now where there is a requirement of us to have courage under fire. To have courage under fire. It's not pretending like things aren't rough. It's not pretending like the fire isn't there. That's not courage. And I'm sure there's a lot of men and women that have served in the armed forces, that serve in places of authority in the, in the police force, that could really give us some pretty awesome definitions of courage under fire. But the thing is, is that when you're walking out the plan of God for your life, there is a requirement of us to get steeled in what we believe about where we're headed in order to walk through what we're walking through. One of my heroes of the faith who's long gone on to be with the Lord, a man by the name of John G. Lake, 
He used to refer to Christianity as the strong man's gospel. He said, if you're really walking this out, you know, endeavoring to actually let God take the reins of your life and do with you what he's wanting to do, it is not for the weak at heart. It is a strong man's gospel because it requires some, a, a steel core on the inside of us when we are walking in these places where there's pressure and there's elements that are quickly changing around us. We've got to have something on the inside of us. Here's some of the things that the Lord was stirring in my heart about this tonight. He said, I heard the Lord say this. He said, you have to have courage when you feel you're in those places of being under fire. Because, and listen to this, you have to protect the effect. He said, the effect of your faith. You have to protect the effect of the prayers that you've been praying. And what you've been speaking Lord, I know you have a purpose for me. I know you have a purpose for my family. I know that you don't mean for me to be in lack. Lord, I'm going to come through this. I'm speaking your word. And then some of that fire, that pressure comes that you're experiencing Monday through Friday. And in that place, that is where you must be courageous because you have to protect the effect of what your faith and your prayers are accomplishing for you. Your faith is working out ahead of you. Your faith is preparing things for where you're headed. And the Holy Ghost is always inspiring pictures and he's speaking to you about where God's taking you. And you're getting glimpses of it. You're getting pictures of it. And so what he'll do is he'll give you those pictures, those things, those inclinations about what's coming up so that you start speaking and you start talking there and so a lot of times we get that going but then where you are currently pressure comes and if you don't get steeled and have courage in the in your present your faith that's working out in front of you begins to wean and so it doesn't even so much maybe immediately show up in your present but it's drastically affecting your future of where you're headed. You remember when John the Baptist showed up on the scene and they said, who are you and what do you think you're doing? What did he say? My part is to prepare the way. And what was the, the main element, the characteristic of John the Baptist's ministry is he was a proclaimer of what was to come. He prepared the way. What does it look like to have courage under fire? Well, I mean, we could really break it down in the natural. You know, having courage under fire, to have courage to hold your place of faith in the present means that when those things come at you in the natural, when you're staring at the bills, when you're looking at the medical report, when these things are coming at you, that inside information that trust and that deep-seated belief that God has a bigger plan for you and that he is enough to pull you out of this one, that's your place of courage. That's where you, you steal yourself in it. You know, I can always spot somebody who is trying to be in faith but not really in faith. 
when they get in that place and the pressure comes and they just, you know, making every possible confession under the sun and they're just over the top and you can tell it's all hype. It's all a put on. And when you see that, if you just looked at it on the outside, you think, oh, they're fine. They're great. But on the inside, they're shaken. And they're trying to talk themselves into it. Well, there's an element that's a good thing as long as you talk yourself into something, you know. But that place of holding your place of courage and your place of faith has to be steeled where you're at in order to get you where you're going. Now look at James chapter 5, verse 16. says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You know that word fervent there, it means fierce. It actually, there's another terminology of it there that breaks down to be defined as courage. The fierce, courageous prayers of a righteous man, they avail much. The Amplified Version says it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So what is the Lord telling us? I believe the Lord's saying to us tonight, it was like a refreshing in, in my heart as we were worshiping tonight. I just felt the Spirit of God in this place opening up like a new doorway, a new place of grace. Just to wash us over in grace. And it, it's as if the Spirit of God is whispering to our hearts tonight and He's saying, you're going you're gonna to make it. You're going to lick this thing. You're going to do it. You're going to get to that place. Your success is available to you. Wherever you're at, as we went through that list of what fire might be representing in your life, whatever it was that came so prevalent up in front of your eyes tonight, there is a way prepared for your victory in those circumstances. And your part to play in walking that out is simply to hold your place of faith and to stand in courage of heart. I read the coolest story today about a general um, back in the 1800s. He was sitting, he was the general of an army, and he was sitting with, with his king. And they were celebrating his 38th victory. And they were at this huge banquet and this huge party. And the king of the nation began to tr ingest, trying to make the, the attendants laugh and, and trying to make jokes. He began to, to make fun of and blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ. And people, he's the king. And when the king makes a joke, you laugh. And so people are laughing. And he, he was just sitting there. He was a believer. And he sat through that, and when the laughter finally died down, he stood up, and he addressed the king. And he said, King, I have won 38 battles for you. And he said, I am an old man now, and I am nearing the end of my days. And he said, the concern of my heart in this life is not what you will say to me, on that last day, but what he will say to me when I step into eternity with him. And he said, and you, sir, will do the same thing. And he sat down. The banquet attendants, the history record says, quietly stood and went home. And the king bowed his head at the table. 
This was a man that had faced death in the eyes how many times? And he's just sitting at a party. But there was something of that courageous steel core that he had learned that he carried in his place of faith with the Lord that steeled him. And what I love about that story is that what he said speaks to the fact that he always carried the big picture in his eyes. It was always in front of him. This might be where I'm here today. I might be sitting in the banquet with the king. And this might be, you know, the last thing I ever say. But the big picture is, I'll step into eternity with Jesus. This current stuff, this is so temporal, but I'm headed somewhere. And you know, even in our life, the days that we have on earth... That must be our same reference point and frame of mind. This might, these set of circumstances, I might be feeling some pressure, some fire, some change, some not knowing right now. But this is temporal. And even these scenarios in whatever places they might be, these things are headed somewhere. They're headed to victory. And so I might feel pressure right now, but, but my life is going somewhere. And so those those things are where my eyes are set. And there's something about that, pulling yourself out of the immediate, that reminds you who you are. And it steals that faith, those beliefs on the inside of you. And it releases such a grace of the Lord Jesus Christ for you to stand up and not only have courage under fire, but to have grace under pressure. And I'm telling you, church, we have to get these things down because the state of the world that we are living in is only getting crazier. The pressures of this life and what the enemy is doing, wreaking havoc in their lives, it's driving people insane. The increase in ministry lines as I travel and minister of people that are dealing with serious mental issues is disturbing. And this is in the body of Christ. These aren't evangelistic citywide outreaches. This is in the church, which tells us that we, this mode of operation isn't a good idea. It's essential. It is critical to us not only fulfilling the call of God for our lives, but just traversing in this life. We have to have courage under fire. We have to know how to operate in grace under pressure in order to get to where we need to be. Okay, turn over to Daniel chapter 10. You see, you're working on your future right now. When we were praising the Lord during the praise and worship service, as I was lifting my voice and just praising God, and I just, I, in the middle of, a, of worship, I just felt like in my heart, it was like I just wanted to release a sound of praise to God. Even in the midst of that, I knew in my heart, I just released something into my future, making the way. When we worshiped and praised the Lord tonight, we were making the way for the Lord God Almighty to go to work and do some things in the days ahead for us. It's so cool working with God because He's not bound by time. While we're sitting in here tonight, the Lord's working on your future. He's putting things together. If you're a teenager and you're looking at college, you're looking at job change, you're looking at God's working on your future tonight by the things that come out of your mouth. He's working on it. 
We are always working ourselves forward by what's coming out of our mouth. Always working ourselves forward. And so because of that, we have to stay in a place of courage. Go over to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel was in a place of not only having to pray out some things for his own future, he was praying out some things for a nation. And you talk about a man that had to work in courage under fire. I mean, if we think we've got some things on our plate, I mean, this was do or die. Daniel chapter 10, he's just been in this significant time of prayer and fasting. And look at verse 12. It says, and then said he unto me, this was the angel of the Lord that had come, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, your words were heard, and I am come for your words. When did the coming, the answer, start taking place? On the first day. What if on the third day Daniel lost courage? And here on the first day, what he spoke released some things in the spirit. God set some things in motion. And now this answer is on its way. And so it's coming to him. But then what if he would have lost his place of courage? What happens? It comes to a standstill. How many times have we been in a place in life where it seemed like things were at a standstill? Something's got to get something moving. So many times all we have to do is just go back and pick up that place where we kind of dropped our courage and to get things rolling again. On the first day, he said, your words were heard and things were set in motion. Now go over to Daniel chapter 3. I just want to look at the story. It's familiar to us, but I want to look at this story as a picture. If they ever made a movie of this, a movie of, of a, a perfect example of, of some guys that had to have courage under fire. I want you to notice specifically the mentality you have to have when you are operating in courage under fire. Okay? And that's what I want to look at here. So in Daniel chapter 3, this is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't you love these guys? And we know the story, right? They, they wouldn't bow, and there was a decree that had come out, and these guys wouldn't bow, and now they've dragged them before the king to say, why are you being so obstinate? And in verse 14, let's just read through this. King Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Is it true, you guys, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound, and then he lists all the instruments that make the sound, if you fall down and worship the image which I have made, great. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is it that God shall deliver you out of my hands? This is the picture of the mentality of courage under fire. It is the firm, founded belief that their victory is imminent. There is no picture here of God not releasing them and pulling them through. Now take a look at this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Talk about bold. 
I mean, not only are they given the answer, but they got attitude about it. That had to be God. Look at what they said. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. What were they saying, if it be so, about? If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Look at verse 18. But if not... Be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. My whole life I thought that those three guys were saying, even if he doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow. And then it hit me. Well, no kidding you're not going to bow. You'd be burned up. No kidding. How are you supposed to bow? to a false image if you are burned into a heap of ashes. They weren't saying even if God doesn't save us. They were saying even if you don't throw us in. Even if you don't throw us in. Because they said we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That is courage under fire. You do not go in under fire and start running your mouth if you are not firmly cemented in the truth of God's goodness for you. He always means for you to come out on top in victory. Even if you change your mind and you don't throw us in, we're still not bowing to your graven image. And that ticked that king off so bad. Oh, he was, if he was hacked before, he is hacked now. You know, there's something about these kings of the Old Testament. They did not take well to people not doing what they wanted them to do. And uh, these guys, I mean, they are just firmly, you talk about grace under pressure. They just went right to it. And so we know the story. He commands the fire to be made even bigger, made even hotter. And he commands them to be bound in their clothes and everything and to throw them in. And if we pick up the story in verse 24, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, It is true. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I love it that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is now working on this king, because how else would he have known that that was the Son of God? You see, when you start working in places of courage under fire and grace under pressure, it releases the Spirit of God to begin to reveal himself for you and around you. All of a sudden, people that had great disdain for you, you start functioning in courage under fire and you don't flinch. And all of a sudden, they start going, you know, there is just something about you. You know, we really just ought to promote you. I mean, you do things nobody else does. All of a sudden, wisdom and revelation begins to work. This king, he discerns it's the son of God. 
So he says this. He says, Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the fiery furnace, spoke, and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. Now look at this. The princes, the governors, the captains, the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men. Well, they saw them before they threw them in. But now they see these men for who they are. You see, on the other side of that place of walking in a place of courage under fire, when you walk through that, there's something about it that causes who you are in God to be so apparent even to people in the world. It's glaring to them. They, they just can't. There's something about it. And they res- they'll, they'll find their words, their vernacular to start talking about it. And what's so significant about that is when they see you for who you are in God. And they start trying to, in their own way, say that to you. It opens things up then for you to function out of who you are in God. And the anointing of God that's specifically on your life can begin to work and manifest in that place and do things you could have never done on your own. And this is a picture of how we are to function and impact our cities and our jobs in our culture as the body of Christ. Just last, uh, actually before I came here, I was ministering uh, in, in different places in the state of Ohio and the state of Kentucky. And I had done like three services in a couple of days, and they were some pretty long, intense services. God did some awesome stuff. And uh, so the next day was Monday. Well, in a minister's life, in my life, Monday is Saturday. And uh, so I look forward to Mondays. Monday's a fun day. And so it was Monday morning, and I, I um, knew that I was going to be getting on the road. I had, to head, I had to travel a little bit that day to get down to Kentucky where my next meetings were. But I happened to know that there was an outlet shopping area, just an exit down from where I was on my way. Well, I just really felt like the Lord wanted me to stop there. The Lord. Yeah, it's amazing how he just confirms his word. And uh, so... So that was my plan. I was going to have a little fun, and I thought, you know, I'm going to get there right at 10 when they open, because, you know, sometimes those outlet places are just swarming with people, and you can't get anywhere, and I didn't want to mess with that. I really wanted just a laid-back, low-key kind of day. So I get my stuff all packed up, and I, and I get it all in the car, and I go through Starbucks, and I'm just having a great kickoff, you know. And I get to the outlets, and there's, it's a gorgeous day. There's hardly anybody there, and I'm like, yes just total anonymity. Nobody knows who I am. And I'm just going to clue out and have a little shopping. So I go down the way and I see this one store I want to go in. And so I go in and there's this uh, girl that's uh, about my age, maybe a little younger, that's working. And so she greets me and I said, I'm just looking around, you know, and so I go about my way. So I had tried a few things on and I came out and she said, oh, that's such a, a cute sweater. And I said, yeah. And she said, do you shop in here a lot? And I said, no, actually, I'm just passing through. And, and she said, oh, well, she said, um, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I said, uh, my job brought me here. 
And so I, I'm just, you know, on, coming through on my way. And she said, oh, okay. And she circled back around a few minutes later, and she said, well, where are you from? And uh, I said, well, I live in Fort Worth, Texas right now. And she said, oh, okay. She walked away, and I, go, I was like, okay, getting a little personal, you know. And so I go on shopping, and she comes right back around, and she stands there, and she goes, who are you? And I said, just a girl trying to shop. I, and I just kind of looked at her and laughed, you know, like I, I, it was kind of a strange question for a salesperson to ask you. And, and, and she kind of laughed, and she goes, well, like, who are you? Like, well, what is it that you do? And I said, well, I said, actually, I'm a minister. And I said, I was here speaking at a church. And I said, I travel and speak in churches and different conferences and things. And she was like, wow. She goes, well, what do you talk about? I was like, seriously? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I talk about how to help people clue into uh, the purpose for their life, why God made them, and how he wants to use them through their vocational calling to impact the world. She goes, you've got to be kidding me. I said, no, I'm, I'm pretty serious. She goes, that is just so cool. And she launches into the story of her life and what's going on. She goes, you know, I'm a Christian, she said, but I grew up in a Presbyterian church. She goes, you know, about 10 years ago, I would have killed for somebody like you. And that just so broke my heart. And I just thought, oh, you know, bless her heart. So we talked. She said, I've got to get your information. I said, all right. So I wrote down my email and and we just had a great time, and I checked out. She said, I'm so glad you came in today. And so I walked out of there, and I thought, well, you know, that's cool. You know, it was just a divine appointment. So I literally step out of there, and I go to the very next door. And so I walk in, sales girl, hey, how are you? I said, great. Can I help you find anything? No, I'm just looking around. Thanks. And so I'm over here looking at these jackets on the side, and she comes over, and she says, that's the cutest jacket. And I said, yeah, it really is, but it's not really the color I'm looking for. And she goes, oh, okay. She said, are, are you from Cincinnati? And I said, Ray's not far from here. And I went through the whole thing. She walks over. She takes a phone call. She comes right back over, plants herself right next to me, and she goes, who are you? I was like, at this point, I thought, do I have a sign on my back? I mean, what is going on? And so I said, well, and I just, I just thought, obviously, I go to the next door, hand to God. I could not make this stuff up. I go to the very next door, and I see this girl coming for me. And I was said, Lord, I really need a break. And I walked out the door. <laughs> I know. Hey, don't point the finger at me. You've done it too, Okay. And uh, I just walked out of there, and I was like, Lord, what is going on? I mean, I really wasn't having that good of a hair day. It was just a bizarre. And I just I started thinking about it, driving down the road, and I thought, you know, really, there's so many people bogged down with so much pressure, and they're wearing it like a coat. That when the world encounters somebody just in peace, that's just cool with who they are in God, they're not caught up in it. They're not throwing it in their face. They're just living life, being who God made them to be. Whether they're called to teach or they're called to be a doctor or they're called to stand behind one of these, it speaks to people. And that wisdom and that revelation factor kicks in.
And those things that you've been putting into effect, those things that you've been protecting the effect of your faith by standing in a place of courage, it's taking you somewhere. It's bringing you to a place of a a more expanded platform for you to operate in in life. It's taking you through things, and it's really just bringing an edge, a point to who you are in God so that that wisdom and revelation can just flow in and out of you wherever you are. And we can get this thing done and impact the culture for the kingdom of God and let people see it and experience it and then bring them into the church. You bring them into the body. You bring them into the family and you help them find their place. And the church grows. It increases. And significance is brought to everyone's life. They're here becoming someone, becoming who they are. And your pastors and your leaders can function in their giftings in developing you and developing them for full function and impact. I believe that the Lord is shaking and getting our attention on a deep level and saying, do you just know how to do church Or will you just let me come in and change your mentality of who you are so that you can go out and be the church? Because if that's where our significance lies, then all of a sudden what begins to happen in here might start looking a little different. But it's all for the sake of this drumbeat. This steady rhythm that is the march. It's the march of time. It's the march of momentum. It's the march of the timing and the planning of God. It's the march of the time frame that's on planet Earth and what God is doing. And if you get quiet and you get still, it picks up in your heart. And all of a sudden, you find yourself wanting to come in line and in sync with that drumbeat of God of what he's doing. And all of a sudden, when your job flares up and when finances flare up and these pressures, these fires flare up, you can just still yourself and go back to that drumbeat and it steadies you in the spirit and you get locked into your place of courage and all of a sudden you're functioning in grace and the world is seeing it and those things that fiery furnace all of those forces are getting stilled and shut down as you march on forward fire when walked through with courageous faith in God will always bring your enlargement. All through the Bible, whenever the people of God were put under fire and a a decree, a king, an army was coming against them, there was pressure. When they steeled themselves in the Lord, every single time, God not only delivered them, but he enlarged them. You look at the Jewish people in the story of Esther. Not only did he deliver them from the evil decree, but he enlarged their place of influence. That man, Haman, who held that second seat of authority in the whole nation, who was evil, was removed, and a man of God, Mordecai, was put in office, was put in place. When the people of God steal themselves in courageous faith, Every time, not only are they delivered, but their enlargement comes. So if you are in that place tonight, you should just take a deep sigh of relief. If you haven't been functioning in your place of courage, 
Listen, tonight is not the night to beat yourself up about it. There is grace, God's favor and ability to just swiftly move you right in there. You're headed into victory. And so there's grace here. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, He's the Spirit of grace. He's the Spirit of grace. The Lord Jesus, He's not after perfection. He's after relationship. He's after moving forward together. And He knows that we need His grace in order to do it. Of course we do. And we didn't just need his grace by grace are you saved through faith. We didn't just need his grace to get into this thing and get saved. We need his grace to live it. And so, of course, we need his grace to operate in a place of courage. Of course, we need his grace to operate in a place of grace under pressure. I mean, I think a lot of times for the body of Christ, when we just take the pressure off that we're supposed to be getting ourselves through it, and we receive his grace, there's such a a new level of peace that comes. But I just believe that there is a refreshment of grace that's here for us, for the body of Christ, just to receive. And you know, if you need to receive a drink of water, if you're talking, you can't get it down. Have you ever noticed that? Just receive. Just this is the time to receive. There is grace here, his supernatural ability. Wherever you're at in life, whatever things need need to change, those things that you sense in your heart coming up for the future, but maybe the current circumstances are applying some pressure. There's grace for you. Isn't it amazing what God has done to go ahead of things and to get us what we need for every moment that we're going to face. Having courage under fire and grace under pressure is not just a cliche phrase. It's not just a pipe dream. It's the actual reality of how God planned and purposed you and I as Christ followers to live in this life. So I want to pray for you right now that this courage that already resides on the inside of you would begin to rise up and sit on the throne of your heart. Father, we come into agreement right now, and I thank you, Lord, that wherever people are hearing this podcast from, God, there's no distance in time, in space with you, and God, that even as they're listening to this right now, you are right there with them in that room, in that car, wherever they're listening from. I pray right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit would invade the privacy of their heart, and I speak peace to your mind. I speak peace to your heart and I command all fear and pressure to dissipate and leave. All anxiety goes because it is in the name of Jesus that you find your stability and you find your strength. God, you said that the name of Jesus is like a strong tower and when we run into it, God, that we're safe and we declare safety and freedom right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that the peace that comes from you, the peace that passes understanding, is like a guardian of our mind, of our thoughts. We thank you, Father, that you are the Prince of Peace. And so, Father, right now, we declare that fear truly does not stand a chance because we are standing in you. We take hold of your love for us, and we take hold of your faithfulness. And we thank you, Father, that you are bringing us forward in this moment, not just to survive, God, 
you are enlarging us and you are equipping us for great days ahead. We choose your word and we believe it's true. And God, we thank you for it. In the awesome name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm so glad that you were a part of this podcast today. And I am believing that this was just what your heart needed right in the moment that you needed it most. Remember that courage is on the inside of you. That grace is resident upon you. Tap into it every moment of the day and watch things change. I want to invite you to get your hands and ears and a heart around more free resources just like this to keep your faith strong. Visit the website at jentringale.com. There's books there, there's blogs, there's videos you can watch, all kinds of resources to keep you steady. Please go check it out. And if there's anything we can do for you, let us know. You can email me at info at jentringale.com. I'm so excited about your future, what God has for you, for all of us in this moment. Stay steady. Have a great week, everyone. I'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.